Hello. Hello. I was just looking to see. I think it's just you and me today. Oh. Yeah. Oh, lucky me. Sweet. Sweet. Um, we got the whole hour to talk about whatever you so desire. How have things gone um, since, was it last week? Uh, yeah. Good. I have a, a quick question about the Google Doc. Am I mm -hmm. supposed to add stuff to that? That it's kind of a co document. So if you want to add stuff to it, you are welcome to do so. And also, don't pull it up. Um, it's kind of that. where I take notes during like office hours and such. So what am I looking for? Uh, There we are. So we didn't really list any next steps and actions on our last call because we were really talking about more of the foundational stuff. Mm -hmm. we don't really, you don't really need to see it right now. Um, but today I would like to get to some more of those action steps, if that sounds good with you. Yeah, and um, how long does it usually take to get the quarterly planners? Um, when did she order it? She ordered it. Let me look. I saw a notification that it was shipped. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shipping is crazy right now. So it was shipped on the 19th. Oh, it's okay. So, so I'm going to, I'll track it real quick. Friday, November 25th by 9 PM. Fantastic. So a couple more days. It's coming. Um, yeah, I was just thinking like, a couple of times I was like, I bet in the book there there's some mapping, like places to keep thoughts and track things. There are. So, so let me just give you a little overview real quick. Yeah. So there's two of them. There's good reason why. But um, so this is the master planner. This is mm -hmm. the one that you'll pretty much so it's got spaces for um, things like when you do your meditation, mm -hmm. um, keeping notes of details that you want to remember. It has energy tracking, which we haven't gotten to yet. It's got places to keep your ideas for different things. Um, do you know the term limiting belief? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are some let's call them worksheets for working through some limiting beliefs. We've got ideas for um, what worked before with sales, a list, a place to keep all of your ideal art buyers, leads, and then some cheat sheets, things like um, how to make invitations, conversation starters, collaboration, visibility ideas, that kind of thing. And then this is more of the actionable one. That's more like the, my own resources. This is mm -hmm. called the daily planner. Okay. And then in this one, I think we talked about this one a little bit, but. Yeah, I, things. I tried to find like, I, there's a space in one of the links where 
there's a daily planner sheet, but then I noticed it looks different than the one you showed me. So I didn't. It might be slightly. I am always updating it. I understand. <laughs> so um, let me make a note and I will send you a printable of the daily one. Printable of daily planner. So the important thing to note inside the daily planner, did we talk about, I can't remember if we did, is that there is a space here that says important, not urgent. Mm -hmm. I accidentally dyed my fingernails pink. Um, then we've got art marketing relationships. And for me, that's where we want to start with our action steps each day instead of the to-do list. Because I don't know about you, but when I wake up, my brain goes, you got to do this and this and this. And oh yeah, don't forget that. And three, three, three. And then if I don't like immediately go write something, actually what happens naturally is I want to go straight to my computer and like start knocking the things out so they don't get forgotten. Instead, keep this out somewhere where you can get access to it really easily. Mm -hmm. And then if it's one of the things that, is in one of these categories that's moving you towards your goals. You can write it in here. Otherwise it goes down under important and urgent. Okay. So like for me, what do I have? Um, so from the last time I filled this out, um, I had a client meeting with what I call pod number one. I had a reel that I made for my marketing. That was my marketing moment um, for relationships. I followed up with people who had clicked on something in one of my emails. Mm -hmm. And then for me, the what I put there was Thanksgiving because I went and had Thanksgiving lunch with both of my kids at their school that day. That was like my pick me up thing. So then under important and urgent, I knew I needed to send this email out that was, I mean, it was more like a, not for my clients, but for something else. And then I needed to go into my back end of my marketing. I use a program called CoSchedule and I really needed to see like, what have I missed? What do I need to catch up on? That kind of thing. So instead of going straight to sending that email and catching up on all the things that I was behind on, I did the things in my important, not urgent box first. Great. The way that I manage that, and you can do it however works for you, is that I have a 45 minute block of time on all of my work days where I'm allowed to work on that bottom one, the one where it's more like the to-do listy kind of things. That way I know I am going to get to it. So I don't have to freak out about it. And I spend the majority of my time on the good stuff. So that being said, we never really talked about in our meeting. When you did that dream day meditation, was there anything that stood out to you during that time? I think at first I was struggling with it because um, my dream is unclear in terms of like 
how much do I want to be working at the church and how much do I want to be working as an artist? And, mm. um, and then I, I realized that I realized something I'm trying to remember. Um, I told my youngest, you know, I forget things all the time, not just because I have ADHD, but just because there's three, children, three different schools, a full-time job as a pastor, uh, my boyfriend lives three hours away. <laughs> like, like I'm an artist, you know, all these things. So, right. um, but that, like the creative stuff just takes up a lot of space in my brain. Always thinking of connections and patterns. Um, I love that. So I, I think where I landed was that it didn't need to be that, like I've, I've solved for my dream life. Yeah. It was just a snapshot of a good Perfect. day. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I probably need to do it again just with a full sense of that because then it was also like, I, for my dream day, what should I be doing? Mm. And, um, you know, that's not the dream. <laughs> Let me see if I can find what I wrote. I, I want to hear that. And can I also say, you said, how much should I be working at the church? How much should I be working on my art? What if they were very intertwined and there wasn't always this clear separation because? Well, they are currently. Um, and I think part of my issue right now is that gives me a lot of anxiety because I constantly feel guilty about my church job. Um, I know that they, so it's a small church. Um, I went there just before I asked for a divorce, not having any intention of asking for one. Um, but I went there three quarter time to be a co-pastor. As it turns out, then I asked for a divorce. Then the other pastor left, thank be to God. And, uh, they offered me a full-time job with benefits. Fantastic. All things. Amazing. For good. Um, but I've had this, you know, I've been there for, it'll be five years in February. So they got me, um, and I immediately announced I was getting a divorce. And then, you know, that was really, really terrible, like really, really bad um, for over a year. Uh, and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> like, so we've had a very intense and not full KC'd experience. Um, yeah. On the, on the other hand, they get to have me. Um, I was working at a giant church before when I left. My head of staff was upset because he wanted to me to be the head of staff at a large church. And part of the reason I love working at a small church is because it allows for me to be more flexible and creative. They go with the flow. They want to be creative too. So I think some of it is wrapping my head around myself and the church choosing for each other means we're both um, getting some really good things and we're both sacrificing a little bit. That's any good relationship, right? Um, but I am still in that mindset slash just trying to figure out what is okay 
around um, how to balance that out, how to name it as such without guilt. So instead of just pretending that I can fully engage in both 100% as if or, it, you know, the reality is fully engage in the church 100% as if the art stuff is not affecting my, like, mm. physical time doing church things, right? It definitely affects that. Uh, okay, so let's, let's ask a different question. Let's ask, if your time was 100% dedicated, let's start with the church, to the church what would you do differently? All the stuff I don't want to do. (laughs) (laughs) Like? Um, I would be in my office a lot more. Um, I'd probably be- And how would that help them? um, They'd they'd get more FaceTime with me. They would, um, I'd probably be a little bit- I know I would be more on top of things in terms of um, the regular running of of the church. Uh, I think I'd probably, I, I know I would have more face-to-face time with them. Um, Would they actually come in if you were there? Probably. They're um, mostly retired. And, uh, but I, I also um, very much feed off of, I'm an extrovert. I like being with people, but I think post COVID, some trauma anxiety issues. Like I don't in, uh, in, uh, initiate stuff very easily. So some of this art stuff is with that too. Um, I My boyfriend always reminds me like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to see this person. And he's like, you always feel so much better. And like, you're really doing what you were meant to do after you have a pastoral visit. Um, but it's just the, I don't know, there's some like, energy block around it yeah um so yeah I also think like just um I guess the bottom line is if I think if I were more honest with myself and accepting with myself about what these two things are and how much they mean to me. And the, what we did talk about last time was, you know, not always knowing how these things are converging, um, but trusting based on who I am, um, that they will, and they do, and that everything I'm learning, even like marketing stuff, like, Oh yeah. Is applied to what I do at the church and how I consider reaching out to other people. Um, especially this relational stuff. Um, you know, I know that from ministry, you put a little in the bank and the returns are really good. Um, because people are amazed that you care, which is sad, right. but true. Right. I'm amazed when pe- it's not sad, but it, it's, it's it not sad. effort for, um, 
for the benefit. Um, uh, so I know these things are converging. I feel like I'm at that awkward teenage smelly sort of angsty stage where <laughs> it's not quite making sense, but I want to be doing it, but I'm also freaked out. Um, so that's the, like the, the church engagement, like if it was a hundred percent, like I don't think I'd be happy. I wouldn't be happy at this point if I like dropped the art and, and so they wouldn't no. get me. They wouldn't get all of me. They like want. they wouldn't get all of me anyway. So they, on the other hand, maybe I would focus more of that art stuff on them, but. Okay. So let's do the opposite. I'm pulling up your document. You don't really need to see it. I'm just writing things. Yeah. I can um, if you did a hundred percent art, which I know would also not make you happy, but if you did, what would that look like? Um, I think I'd have the same hangups that I do now with the church of contacting people. <laughs> yeah. And um, even though church life feels so vulnerable, it so immediately feels like it's not, it's not a, it's not about me. Um which allows for me to just use what God has given me. Um, and I'm shifting in the way I think about myself as an artist in that same way. I think if I was a full-time artist, I would feel less inclined to make what I wanted to make versus what I thought people wanted mm -hmm. me to make. Um, I think I'd have to, I'd have to be a lot more mindful of, um, what quote unquote sells to pay the bills. <laughs> That's mean, such a interesting thing that you brought up because I was just having this discussion with, there's another girl in the group named Jess and she, she's kind of starting to become a little bit of a, she's a client, but almost maybe moving into like a partner kind of role. And she does a workshop every month called the art just wants to be made and we were talking about what did she call it the spectrum how there's this balance and this tension and one side is commercial viability and making money with your art and the other side is just the I want to be an artist and I want to make art for me and whatever I want to make and whenever I want to make it. And then like, depending on where you are in your life and other factors, you're anywhere on that spectrum and you're always being pulled in different directions. Right. Mm -hmm. But just knowing that there is that spectrum and then you get to decide where you want to land on it at any given time, I think it's very freeing. Yeah, I and, mean, I like already kind of organically do that in terms of, right. well, I started really selling when I decided like right before Christmas, two years ago, I was like, if anyone wants a pet portrait, you know, typical, um, sure. and it went really well. And then uh, by, the, by the end of that season, I was like, I would like to never paint a pet again. Um, and you don't have to. Right, right. You also know, like, if I'm on a pinch and I need to raise some quick funds, right. I know I can do it right. that way. Right. Um, 
but also I really think that some of these more, I don't know if I want to call it a religious painting, but kind of like it's got at least religious undertones to it. I feel like will also be commercially viable slash be the direction that you actually want to go. Do you find that to be true? Yes. I'm not, I would not be super worried about, I mean, I don't have like some like very unique or bizarre taste in my art. I just always, um, I make better art. So I'd have to learn to just accept this. You know, we all make better art when we are connected to it and it's not just sure. to please somebody else. It's Absolutely. True I mean, life. actually, yes. Yeah, um, I completely agree. And you said two things, use what God gave me, which I believe is this multi-passionate nature. And also, the extrovertedness and the love of people. And you also said, I have a hang up with doing that reach out. I call that a fear. It's not necessarily a fear, it might be resistance, it might be some other. No, thing. I mean, it's deep anxiety in me. Yes. It's not, yes. it's a, it's normally, especially if I know the person, it's normally about how, um, you know, I think some of it is, I know some of it is ADHD and relationships. And just like, if you're with me, I'm a, I'm like a great listener. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm there. And then I might not contact you maybe forever. Um, we could have this really intense experience. And then I'm like, I hate talking on the phone. I'm like, not gonna, I'm not gonna call you. I don't. Love you, bye. Uh, yeah. Um, and I've, I've, you know, I've had a lot of friends be angry with me over the years because they don't understand stand me um and so I think there's some of that it's like oh god if I start a relationship I'm just gonna let them down so Mm -hmm. I had I was thinking about this a lot yesterday because my Mary the Tower painting I finally got a print from Bay Photo which is the art storefront one of the art storefronts printers and um because I'm doing these uh, special edition like real gold leafing series um I saw that that's cool. And, uh, it came to me and it was like seriously uh, desaturated and I've sold mm. so many prints and I had no idea that the file was not because I printed it at a local printer and it was fine. Um, and I just like people who I asked were like, it's fine. But then I posted it in art storefronts and I was like, here's the difference. And all the artists were like, what the heck, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but for me, that's me in that work. Like, I don't, I didn't choose those other colors. I didn't like, and, and discipline, and I want to switch it, but disappointing people and, you know, people like spending their hard earned money on, um, something that I made, like, it feels like I've just set up like (laughs) 50 more avenues to let people down, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like, no, I mean, it's the same, it's the same feeling I get when I'm like, oh, this person bought this painting. And two years later, I'm thinking about that painting that they now own. And I'm like, God, that's a lot of money. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's, you're always going to feel that way, but that's the problem you're supposed to have because you're supposed to be getting better. I understand that. I just, but there's something really deep seated here. Like, and it's going to hold you back if you don't address it. I have this thing where I know if I let something, and I'm really glad that you know that this exists because otherwise you can't do anything about it. That's step one, right? Mm-hmm. But I want to show you, this is not where I was planning on going today, but I think this is where we need to go today. I'm going to show you these limiting belief mm-hmm. worksheets. Yeah. And I want to do it with you. Okay. So what you said was, I'm terrified of letting people down mm-hmm. under multiple circumstances. <laughs> maybe they don't get the right print. Maybe I open a relationship and then I drop off the face of the earth. But the main under that is I'm terrified of letting people down. And I can take a picture of this for you too. So what is the opposite of that for you? And when I say opposite, I don't necessarily mean that is just directly the opposite, but what's a, what's an opposing belief that you can actually wrap your head around that feels good that you believe could be true? Um, that I'm opening myself up people to connect with me that still gives me the I mean what I've had people tell me is like you're not forcing anyone to buy your art (laughs) Um, which I get, but so every relationship uh, will involve disappointment at some level, like any real relationship will involve disappointment at some level. Um, and I can't really control other people. Yeah. Think. Um, I'm really struggling with this. I, I, I think it would be freeing to think that they're like, it is enough as it is. So that point of contact, that sale, whatever, like it is the gift, it's, it's enough. 
Um, now, if I drop the ball on responding, <laughs> that's different. Um, so you said I can't I trust control what people, people think. Um, so I think uh, I have a hard time trusting people to tell me if something's wrong until they've like built it up or whatever. And that's probably mm -hmm. not, I mean, if people have a problem with the product or whatever, they don't like it, like they can tell me, I take negative feedback very well. Um, yeah. So I still haven't answered your question. No, you're doing good. You're doing good. Um, Train of thought is fine. So what was the original limiting belief that I would? I'm terrified of letting people down. I mean, what's the alternative to putting yourself out there? It's, um, so it's what I wanted slowly to say, dying. <laughs> can I suggest one? Yes, please. I care. The end. How does that feel for you? I feel weepy. Um, I do care. I just care about people. That's why I care. I mean, some of it is I care what they think of me and worked very hard to try to push through that one too. But um, so maybe we should add something to that because that can make, that can make it feel wobbly. Um, I care. I care and care. Open communication shows I care. Um, I care and I do my best and it is enough. I care. Maybe it's something like I can show that I care. Hmm. Makes it a little bit more empowering, action-y. Yeah, because the art in and of itself is a caring. I, I care. choose to show that I care. Right. And I, I choose to show that I care and I can't control what people think. Is that too long? No.
What do you think? Do any of any of those resonate? We'll keep digging. I think both of those resonate. I'm trying to apply it to like how I could wrap my head around yesterday's thing, right? Like, obviously there are some things that need to be, you know, can be solved for, and that is an act of caring. But like, for instance, the old art that I don't like anymore or whatever, like, I don't know how other people actually feel. Like I am, uh, very uh, I'm an empath um yeah but the reality is like most of the time we're projecting our own thoughts on other people's I may sense how you're feeling but I can't tell you what the thoughts are behind how you're feeling so I just input them with my own neuroses um and so it's just not like it's not helpful to them and it's not helpful to me to guess at what people think or how they're feeling or how I've made them feel they tend to tell you or you know um, so I think there's some sense of like, I need to, I, I want to like, let go. Like I can't, those, I can't afford to like send everyone a new print. Nobody has made any complaints. Um, maybe I'll make a list of, you know, who ordered before I change it. And if it gets to the point where they reorder or, um, cause some of them said, I'm going to get more of the same print. Um, then I go ahead and send them corrected copies as well. Um, we don't have to pay shipping twice. Right. Um, well, I pay for all this. So what stuff. if it's, I don't need to guess at what people think. I just need to care. No, that's not it either. Um, Putting my art into the world is part of my caring. I cannot guess what other people think or feel. I mean, we're dealing with like a lot of my issues all in one. Sure, there, I mean, there's, so there's a couple. Right. Of them here. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think like, what's the most, and you may want to redo this with like uh, miniature versions of them, but what's the most kind of overarching one that we can use today? I cannot guess at what people think and feel, but that still feels like, oh, now I'm out of control because I, I can't. So how can we make it feel more freeing in that I can, or I get to, or I choose. Um, I choose to care despite what people might think or feel. I choose to care. So it's interesting. Caring is enough. There's, I'm going a kind of not different direction, but in my head, I'm like, um, 
imperfection is a part of the creative path. What were the frame phrases that you used? The opposite, you were just giving. <laughs> oh, we've got, so our stuck belief is I'm terrified of letting people down. And where did we go with that? Um, no, no, I was just asking, like you said, so when you're putting it into a, um, when you're reframing. A freeing belief. Yeah, a freeing belief. You gave a few examples of how you might start that sentence. Gotcha. Um, I choose to, I can, um, what, did, what was another one? Basically, I was trying to flip it from I cannot to I'm in charge. I get to, I choose to, I will, I am. People don't buy my art because they want perfection. They want to be connected to me and to the art itself. So if the purpose of that, 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 that was still served yesterday, um, you know, with those imperfect prints, like they don't, the details of it are still there. I have color choices that are not, but um, for, for the reason, you know, they purchased it, uh, those, those things have not been thwarted. Nobody has come up to me and said, this is not the, this is not the thing. And I, I will be fine if they do. Yeah. Um, people generally don't not complain if they need to. So I don't know what I just said, but that felt like. That felt good. I get to. You said. People don't buy my art because I'm perfect. They buy because they connect with me. And they are. Does that feel in like that, in that, that sense, I think so because, and, and I want to like dig through all those other ones, you know, but because in this case, like that purpose has already been served. So yeah. anything else is like, it's a technical issue. I can address it or not address it, but, um, it's not a deeper, like something's wrong with me and you've all figured it out issue. What if, tell me if this isn't it, but what if it was um, because I am imperfect, I am, people can connect with me. Do you believe that? Yeah. I mean, I use my imperfection all the time to connect with people. I mean, so it might just be that like, this is a part of that too. Um, people connect with me, um, not in spite of, but because of my imperfection and my willingness yeah. to be, uh, to acknowledge it. You know, for so many years that, that willingness to acknowledge it was just self-effacing humor and, um, really protective. And I think I've shifted that into like claiming and um, being publicly gracious with myself so that mm -hmm. um, 
others can do the same because I don't like I taught the people around me, my ex-husband, et cetera, like how I wanted to be treated. And yeah, that's, that's not how I want to be treated. <laughs> I think that's it. My imperfection helps people connect with me. Mm -hmm. That's freeing. That's the opposite of letting people down. That's this is me and it makes me better. So yes. my imperfection helps people connect with me. Okay, so we have 20 minutes. So let's see how far we can get, but we may just do a couple here. Um, if you were sitting here thinking, I'm terrified of letting people down. what other thoughts would come up that support that? Meaning like, um, like all these things that we just said are more on the, actually, uh, yes, let's keep going. So if, if you said, I'm terrified of letting people down, you might also say, what if they don't like my work? What if, um, I don't, what if I disappoint them? What if I lead them on and they get hurt? Like, what are those kinds of thoughts happening in your brain when you're on the, I'm terrified of letting people down train? I think part of it is like protective in that, like, I don't have any more energy to give. Like, <laughs> like um, mm -hmm. it's easier to just not connect with people more than on a service level because um, I just don't know that I have the energy for it. Um, I don't, I don't have the energy and the attentiveness for the maintenance of that. Again, if I'm, I'm starting to see if I were more upfront about what I do have the and what the intention is behind the connection, that can really shift our mutual expectations going forward. So a little bit of community organizing principles here. You know, you ask to meet with somebody, you say it's going to be 45 minutes, and you're very like um, concrete about that and exactly. and your like action steps forward um so we've got i don't have any more energy to give it's easier to be a surface level um so those are more think, of the connections those are side. actually true that's okay i think what's actually true to my boyfriend's point is my boyfriend's name is also casey and he's also a pastor um, I don't know if I mentioned that, but, um, he is like, you know, just like I said before, like you actually get a lot of energy out of that. So it's not, I sometimes just don't want to stop that energy to like limit what I actually give when I'm in that moment. Um, clarity with myself and others is kindness. It has not been my forte. 
um, definitely not the way I grew up. So say that again, clarity, clarity is kindness. Like it's better to be clear and straightforward than passive aggressive and, um, undecided. I like you're me. We, we might, we might, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's some family system stuff. You know, I mm-hmm. had a lot of therapy, um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think uh, it's, necess- it's necessary for going forward, for being, you know, when you're a parent, when you become a parent, you have to separate your time differently and be more. And you're also a very half glass full kind of person because you keep like let me tell you the good thing about that it's okay we're gonna get there right now I want you to dwell in the crap just for a minute because that's how we see it so we can yeah I mean I think like my big crap is like I'm convinced that I'm well, I'm literally operating on borrowed money, but um, that because I'm all over the place, it's not fair to any of the people, entities that are, um, paying me, relying on me. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. this small church pays me a lot of money for a pastor. Um, it's a terribly expensive area in which to live, but, uh, they're all retired. They work hard for that money. Um, a lot of guilt. Oh my God, so much guilt. And would it be fair to say I should feel guilty? Are you identifying that as a limiting belief? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go to the other side. So your stuck belief. I'm terrified of letting people down is backed up by, I don't have any more energy to give. It's easier to be surface level. I don't know how to limit what I give because I'm all over the place. It's not fair to those who rely on me and I should feel guilty. So helpful. How's that feel? (laughs) Feels terrible. Feels terrible. Let's flip it for a minute. My imperfection helps people connect with me. So if I really believe that, and let me, let me also point out that your brain can make either of these true. You can find whatever proof you want to back up whatever belief you are thinking. So my imperfection helps people connect with me. What would you, instead of saying, I don't have any more energy to give, if you were believing my imperfection helps people connect with me, how would that shift? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm just going to be quiet and let you think, but if you need help, tell me. How would it shift away from, I'm I don't have any more energy to give. Um, Well, I think part of it is that that's not true. Why? I mean, I don't have a lot of energy. Of course. Be probably because I spend a lot of it on this. <laughs> Truly. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the ways that I like jump out of these cycles um, is by sharing the like thing that's that I'm feeling or stuck with in service of helping other people like even before I'm out of it but uh so so service is a love language for you yeah I mean I guess words of affirmation, but like <laughs> words of imperfection, um, maybe. So, uh, I told you about that, that post that I did where I had my messy room and my painting and whatever, and, and the triggering, like, how do you have the time for everything? Um, for me, like that post was, self-serving in that not in a bad way but in that like I need that mind fuck to stop like I, I I need it to stop and I need other people to know that um them saying that uh isn't helpful I also you know kind of want to say like if you're feeling like jealous or wondering how it is that I do things like investigate what it is about that, that you feel connected to and would like to pursue and are denying yourselves. Um, I don't have any special secret other than uh, taking a chance and investing on myself for the, you know, really starting at 40. Um, there's such a tendency for all of us to feel so alone in all of our limiting beliefs. And um, it just is made easier when you know that other people are experiencing the same thing or um, some folks might not approve, but like, radical self-love um frees not just the self but it, it allows freedom for other people so i think if i focused on that um yeah. when i choose to love myself and have grace with myself it it paves the way for other people to do the same that i could um 
that I can get behind. I think about that a lot with my kids and you know, the, my youngest, why are you always painting? Um, so just so you know, um, I just wrote down some of your themes mm -hmm. that I believe have to do with why you make art, what you care about, probably what you preach about, betting on myself, radical self-love and grace, shared imperfection. These are things that you connect with people over mm -hmm. and that you need to learn and that radiate out of you because that is what's up here. So for later, but I really want to name a couple of these before we need to go because there's one more thing we gotta we gotta do. So my imperfection helps people connect with me. Yes. I don't have any more energy to give. How does that shift? Did you say what does that shift? How how does that shift? I think it's something like it doesn't have to take tons of time or um, I can connect with people in a moment. Oh my gosh, you got it. I mean, that's the like I build up in my head I have a friend that I haven't spoken to in years and she just, I was just so tired of her always being disappointed in me as a friend and my attentiveness. And, um, you know, I will wake up dreaming about her and I'll be like, I should make her something. And then I should fly it out and show up and do this grant. Like, and then I get paralyzed and I, you know. Or you could text her and say, I love you. And I'm thinking about you. Great. Okay, let's do one more or two more. Let's see. Uh, my imperfection helps people connect with me. And you said on the stuck side, it's easier to be surface level. Can that shift? Yeah, I don't think every connection needs to be deep. Like, mm -hmm. I, we don't have to have an interaction for you to feel connect, like a face-to-face -face interaction for you to feel connected to me. And I think that's what the art um, is. You don't need to, <laughs> I mean, there yeah. are people who don't, I don't really know that by my art and comment on they things. connected with the art right so I think you know I have such a high value for like depth and yeah most people probably wouldn't even want to go there um I'm writing down I highly value depth but depth can be offered and experienced in different ways so it doesn't need to be like friendship depths it can be 
you know, when I read a book by somebody that is powerful, they don't need to be my best friend. We're just connected. Yeah, for sure. They don't even need to know they're connected to me. Okay. One more, because I feel like this is the big one. My imperfection helps people connect with me. How does that shift? I should feel guilty. I, I am who I am, to quote Popeye, um, <laughs> or God, actually. Um, that both, <laughs> right? Uh, Maybe I was made perfectly, perfectly imperfect. Um, yeah, I don't like. I don't need to apologize for existing. Like I, I um deserve to take up space even in my imperfection um boom i deserve to take up space even in my imperfection does that feel good yeah i'm not worthy if i you know worthiness is not based on my ability to produce All of these are very uh, much core beliefs in you know my spiritual life. Enacting them as always. Well, sure, it comes out in all the ways. Right. But let's read this side. My imperfection helps people connect with me. I can connect in only a moment. Every interaction or relationship doesn't have to be deep. Although I highly value depth, but it can be experienced in many ways. I deserve to take up space, even in my imperfection. And worthiness is not based on my ability to produce. Those are, some, those are some good thoughts. Some really good thoughts. Who thought those thoughts? Oh, that would be me and Brene Brown. Yeah. Okay, so the last piece of this, and we're going to go over just a tiny bit, but... This is the part that really helps nail it in for me. Like all of this is good and it's really amazing to observe. But either side of these is trying to give you gifts. Meaning you're I'm terrified of letting people down is trying to give you things like not letting people down having more time, having more energy. It's not, it's not bad. It's trying to help you, mm -hmm. right? Well, those are the more, ways that I was taught to survive, so. Mm -hmm. More energy, more time. Don't let people down. So what the things that you value, betting on yourself, radical self-love, shared imperfection, how is that belief actually keeping you from those things? 
when we think it's going to give us more, how does it actually operate? So like, I'm terrified of letting people down, but I really believe in betting on myself. I believe in grace. I believe in love. I believe in being imperfect and sharing that with people. Mm-hmm. So if you stay on that side, if your brain continues to go in the, I'm terrified of letting people down. Can you see how it's actually taking away those things? Oh yeah. I mean, it paralyzes me. It um, leads me to self-sabotage, which I'm definitely, um, I'm an avoider. Mm, Me too. (laughs) Like chronic. Um, Yeah. I mean, hundred hundred percent. So much of my avoidance and procrastination is is anxiety um, based. All of it, I would say, it's not like it. If it's initially forgetting, um, it's like in that forget. Like if it's important enough, but I haven't done it. Like the it then becomes like somehow it goes from forgotten to seared in my brain in the anxiety cortex, whatever that is. <laughs> um, and then I just, I can't do it cause I'm like fixated on it. And so. Flip side. Fixated and paralyzed. So if we believe my imperfection helps people connect with me, how does that actually give you more of the things that you value? Whether that's energy or lifting people up or betting on yourself or grace or radical self-love. I think that that's so connected with what I want for other people. Um, And it, and because I want that for other people and for myself, um, I can then, you know, just, it it allows me to just jump on some level. you know, all of my beliefs aren't on the one side, some of them are on the other. And it's during Mm -hmm. those like heightened moments of, of like real awareness. And, uh, that, that I'm able to say like, no, everybody is not going to love it. It's been, you know, they're not meant to, um, I am not for everyone. Um, but not being me is also not what, not what is good. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it it allows for people to have, uh, well, no, let me say this first. It allows for me to feel more fully integrated as a human being, which is always good. It is good for my children. Um, it's really good for my kids. They might not enjoy it all, but they, uh, then they get permission to explore and be themselves and to fail and all those things. Uh, and then when I'm like that out in the world, either if it's quietly in the making of my art or in the preaching of a sermon or whatever, um, you know, you 
you sort of speak yourself into being. It's not exactly fake it till you make it, but it it becomes more of a it's why the limiting beliefs exercises are helpful, right? Because you you train right. your brain a new way of of approaching things. So that is uh you you said last time you seem fearless and I said no I'm afraid all the time I just like I'm more afraid of of dying like I, you know I'm more afraid of what I had before which was like slowly keep it, making myself smaller and smaller like I know I don't want that um so the alternative is to just uh, jump and trust so I'm terrified of letting people down makes me smaller and smaller. Mm. My imperfection helps people connect with me, allows me to be fully integrated as a human, teach my children, make art, give sermons. It allows me to jump and give others the permission to bet on themselves and have radical self-love. I'll take a picture and send this to you. That's awesome. And you need to look at it every day. <laughs> I will keep it. So I'm going to give you a, I said we were going to do action steps. We didn't get it to action steps, but I'm going to give you a starting place. Right. So on your daily planner, mm-hmm. like I said before, you're not going to know how to use the whole thing yet. This is kind of a learning as we go so we can integrate better there's a section called face of fear Uh and for the entire month of december the fear that you are facing is my imperfection helps people connect with me so when we're thinking about our actions right here mm-hmm. we're going to do it through the filter of how can i take some sort of action around my imperfection helping people connect with me i'm sure you know the 28 days things become a habit type of mentality this is kind of along those lines. It's almost like shock therapy. Like I'm going to throw you in the shark tank. And by the time you get out, you won't be scared of sharks anymore. And you're like petting them on the head and they're nice little tame pets. Fair enough. And when you start feeling like that paralyzed thing, I'm going to count backwards from five. Five, four, three, two, one. Just do it. It can take Mel one, Robbins. It can take 30 seconds. Yes, Mel Robbins. You know your gurus. <laughs> I can't slap my, I can't high five myself in the mirror. But yes. Um, you know, all of this, so much, so much stuff, like we integrate and, um, make our own and, you know, half the time it's in sharing it with, a. well, no, like 
it's in sharing it with other people that that when it really like becomes true for you, right? Like exactly. My yeah. professor friends are like, know it. I haven't even taught it yet. Um, you need in the teaching is where we where we learn it. Yes, ma'am. I like Thanks. to teach things when I want to learn them. So um, when you're thinking about your marketing, like if you're making a reel or something, you can think, how can I be more imperfect? <laughs> if you are thinking about your, like a relationship, you can think like every interaction doesn't have to be deep. I can connect in five minutes for only a moment. How am I going to do that today? That's where the movement happens. Cool. So when we face that thing, that's the real fear, which I think, I think that is a big one. There might be more, but it's a real big one. Okay, so I'm gonna now hop off, send you a principle of the daily planner and take a picture of this. And I'll probably just put it in your Google doc so we know where it is. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanksgiving. Did you book a second office hours or did you just do one? I did. I did. I think I did. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's next Tuesday, next Tuesday or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. So awesome. thank you, Jessica. Maybe I don't know if there's anyone booked for that one because it's kind of a holiday. Well, this is more of a holiday. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, there is. There's a couple of people. So, um, we probably won't go so deep on one thing. We'll probably uh, talk about action steps that we were going to yeah. do that. or yeah. something. We'll see. Um, I probably will have some things to bring. Sure. And bring questions if you have them. In the, um, the books at that point, hopefully. And uh, I've started listening to a couple of the consistent income things and they're interesting. And Oh, I completely forgot. Um, I was supposed to, I had my, one of my assistants help me with making a private podcast feed. So all those calls, the consistent income live ones, the old office hours and such would be available for you to just listen to on the go. I haven't released that yet, but. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So many car uh, driving kids and dog walks and yeah good exactly. that'd be great all right well you are very welcome we will talk soon all right bye bye